We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo with a special guest, friend of the show. <sighs> been a long time, been an awful long time. Till Blick Ward. How you doing, man? DC, buddy. How you doing, pal? Oh, living the freaking dream. School's almost the, out. In the freaking dream. That's <laughs> the way to put it. <laughs> we got it. Hey, the, the pandemic's winding down it seems like you know um getting into the summer finally can enjoy breathe a little bit probably for, for the first time over a year be able to breathe a little bit soon so uh, i'm i'm kicking life here and i'm hoping things are well on your on your end it's literally been months since we've been able to sit down and talk how has it been it's been man i can think of another adjective outside of freaking but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, California's starting to open up a little bit. Um, you know, there I got my vaccines, and I'm feeling uh, feeling comfy. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see what's when normalcy actually hits and everything, and when things get back to normal. But outside of that, everything's going, man. Well, I mean, everything's going like watching Angels baseball. It's not going well, but that's why I want to talk today. It's been a while, and and I think that when the season started, there was some optimism that it would be a year where, hey, they won't lose 90 games. And all of a sudden, now they're 
heading down that path for almost 90 games. So I, I guess want to get your thoughts here. What, what's what's wrong with the Angels besides the obvious pitching? Because that's well obvious, but what's the deeper problem? I, I, th- I think there was a form of optimism for the right reasons. I think there was reason to be optimistic and. Um, you know, I think more out of uh, unique necessity. I think, you know, when you have a guy like Jose Rojas out in left field or right field, and it's not a knock on Jose at all, but that's not a guy that you expected to be out in the outfield at all. It's a guy that, I mean, even going into the spring, it's a guy you weren't even sure would be on the, the ball club. And it's, you have a, a lot of things that have kind of come together that just kind of place this team in a bad spot. I mean, Anthony Rendon, being gone for a lengthy part of the start of the year is problematic, and, and it impacts your offense, and it impacts your defense on uh, the left side of the infield. I mean, it, Jose Iglesias, surprisingly, has not been what kind of came expected. And, and I think, you know, we, we can talk about the pitching as much as we can. I think one thing when it comes to the pitching is the things that kind of needed to be addressed with the pitching staff kind of were addressed. Um, you know, it was all about the bullpen I mean, obviously the rotation has its own question marks, and and you were expecting to hopefully bring in a a high-caliber starter, and there's still a chance at that through the trade deadline and everything, but the bullpen was addressed. I mean, you bring in Alex Claudio and and Rizal Iglesias and and, uh, Aaron Slagers, and and then you get Steve Ciszek and and Tony Watson right at the start of the season, and it's like you've built, you know, at least a serviceable, even better bullpen and the bullpen just has not been good and it's weird to kind of say that and there's plenty of season left to to make up for it and and we're here uh, coming close to june which you want to be in a better position than you are but i just think it's things have just not gone right and i know that's a weird cop-out but it's just it's kind of the appropriate way to go is things have not gone the angels way and i don't think it's a, a a I don't think there's a front office problem. I don't think it's a, a roster problem. I think it's just things just have not gone the proper way that you expect the Angels to be going. Um, obviously, the injury to Mike Trout is going to be detrimental here in the next few months. But you look at Shohei Otani, he's performing incredibly well. You look at a lot of guys, Jared Walsh is performing at a very high mark. But some of the guys that you need to kind of step up, Jose Iglesias, David Fletcher, as much as everyone loves David Fletcher, his offense really needs to pick up. It's it's little things like that that it's, I think there's still room for optimism. Obviously, that's dwindling every day, every loss and everything. But I, I don't think the Angels are out of it, but there's definitely some reason for some, for serious concern when it comes to this Angels ball club. And I just think, I know it's it's, not a scientific answer, but it just seems like things have just not gone in their direction. Well, I'm looking just at the bullpen like you're talking about. 354 for C-Sheck. That's his ERA. Then good in the rest of the bullpen. Four six seven for Alex Claudio. Aaron Slager's a four nine one. Mike Myers a five one six. Your closer. Your closer. Iglesias, five one nine ERA. Myers a five point one six. This is a bullpen which has been an absolute train wreck. And when the season started, we didn't know, in our view, we, we didn't really know what to expect from the bullpen, but we didn't expect this. We expect the, the carnage across the bullpen to be that bad. And the starting pitching, in my view, 
has also been surprising. I didn't, ex- didn't expect Griffin Kane to be a five five six at this point. I didn't see. Um, I, I I thought that no one can think of Alex Cobb, but when you've got Dylan Bundy basically reversing course from last year, now a six five ERA, zero and five uh, record here. I just it kind of blows my mind. This is where things are. Ho- hey, Jose Quintana with a seven nine two ERA. This entire pitching staff right now. Almost entire pitching staff. It's just about a train wreck. And I don't know there's hope there outside of Shohei Otani. And, and maybe when, when he comes back, Chris Rodriguez is being, you know, really productive the bullpen. Are there signs in your view that this is going to turn around? I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, Dylan Bundy, watching him pitch, it's not the same Dylan Bundy. And it's not even the same Dylan Bundy from Baltimore. It's... It's trying to figure out if you can get him to even find a middle ground between his Baltimore days and last season. And I think we're seeing a bit of the the last season being so kind of fluky, being such a short year. But like you said, you know, these are things that are unexpected. Dylan Bundy should not have an ERA over five. He, he might, you know, even a four ERA is something you could try and fathom with him. And, and like I said, it's just things have just not gone the right way. And, uh, I don't want to, this is something I don't want to say, but I, I think it kind of has to be said, is I love Matt Weiss. I love Matt Weiss to death. I think he's a great guy. But is the absence of Mickey Calloway something that's problematic for this pitching staff? And I'm not saying bring Mickey Calloway back, and by any means what he did was horrendous, and I think that, uh, you know, I don't think he belongs in baseball right now, or probably for the future, but you know, is a new pitching coach something that is problematic for the staff? And uh, one thing I, I will say, you mentioned Mike Myers there. I think that Mike Myers, uh, relievers are so volatile, and that's why I think the the acquisitions of, of Watson and Ciszek and Iglesias and Claudio were so vital because these guys have longevity as relievers. Uh, Mike Myers is not one of those guys that has a long track record of success and you're kind of having you're almost forced into the necessity of using him in these high leverage situations which have not gone well so yeah there's optimism there's past track record i mean you brought up jose quintana and you look at his last i think three starts have actually been uh within reason of what you want you know you you want five innings two three runs uh five to six innings whatever and i think that jose has been able to do that and you look at alex cobb and what he's done and and there's, you know, a form of uh, of Alex missing bats that he hasn't had in the past, and he's performing at a fine level, and Griffin is showing signs, and Andrew's showing signs. But it's just finding that consistency, and I, I don't know where, like I said, my, none of this is really scientific or data-driven, and I just don't know where that data is really coming in to, to assist these things. Um, so is there op- a chance at optimism? Absolutely there is. These guys have done it. It's, you've, you've seen it in the past, and there's a small sample that we're looking at right now. But that small sample is getting larger, and you want that small sample to kind of even out. And, uh, you know, if we look back in September and the Angels are doing fine, you can throw these months away. It, it happened. It, it is what it is. But, I mean, like I said, there's just not data that suggests things are going to improve. Well, you know, to to look at this team and think, are they going to improve? I'm not going to improve. You're next. You're last time out. Last time I, I did the show, I, I mentioned Callaway. 
And it's not even the fact that, you know, we Callaway was one of the best pitching coaches in the league. I mean, his track record shows that. So to lose him, but not just to lose him, but to lose him where they where they lost him in terms of the time frame. There was no way the Angels would go out there and find someone right away, come in and replace. There's just no way. So I think that loss is tangible. I think that loss matters. But these are still professionals. And I have questions as to, as to where the Angels' evaluation process is to where if it really is a, a pitching coach issue, why it wasn't there next man up. And by the way, I, 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 I'm just the thought that's been popping in my head. If Joe Madden can't come in here and fix this, at this point, who can? Jim Madden regards one of the better managers in the league. So I think it's kind of what has me befuddled overall about the Angels is so much has gone wrong. I mean, I, Taylor, I, I gotta be honest, man. Given how much has gone wrong, I'm actually surprised you're at, at 20 and 27. It could be a lot worse. I think, and you could even do the reverse. I think that things could be a lot better. I think you could even flip it and say the Angels could be 27 and 20, and we're not talking about this. Um, I think Matt Weiss was the next guy in line, regardless of of the situation. I think Matt is, I mean, we're talking about, what, two months of baseball. Um, It's hard to really do a hard evaluation of Matt Weiss as a pitching coach. Uh, and we've seen what Matt has done with the minor league staff over his years, and I think that Matt's done a fine job there, and I think there's room for improvement there. But like you said, it's just, you know, could the Angels be worse? Absolutely. Could they be better? Absolutely. It's it's that weird, weird thing of things have just not gone right for the Angels, and it's I think they have 15 blown leads. I, I was just looking at it the other day. It's it's a uh, they have double-digit blown leads, and you know you, you cut that by a quarter, and suddenly you've won five extra games or however many. Um, like I said, it just things kind of have to start going in the right track. And you mentioned Joe Madden, um, who could improve. Um, you know, I think Joe has been in the, these situations, and I think that's really helpful. Uh, He's been with Tampa, who kind of had to go through a rebuild process. He's been with Chicago. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who's been a star-studded roster who had to maneuver from 
uh, early season struggles to becoming, you know, World Series contenders every year. Um, so I, I think you have the right guys in the in the staff. I think your roster is fine. I think your coaching staff is fine. It's just there has to be a moment where the the you know tide turns and you find a successful run and you win you know ten of fifteen instead of losing ten of fifteen or, or you don't lose. Gosh, the Angels have lost I think eleven of sixteen something along those lines and you just you, you flip the the page and you turn that around and suddenly we're not talking about this the way that we are. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. And instead we'd be talking about all the other things that, that are wrong. For example, we'd focus it on, well... Justin Upton in 197, going back to a couple of years ago. We had his injury. We, we, we were able to put his decline on the injury problem. And here we are. You know, that's something that I would be fucking up. Rendon, like you mentioned, 234. You'd be focusing on those issues. But now, as a team, with everything being what it is, it's hard, it's hard to ignore the bigger thing. And this kind of brings up the question that I brought up last time out was it, it, for years now, we've been hearing the claims over and over again that the Angels have wasted Mike Trout's career. Well, now Mike Trout's gone. But if this continues at this point, do the Angels finally consider breaking this team down? With- I, I don't see any way they could. I think you, you play within the window of success that's, that's a war- given to you. And when you have Mike Trout during his peak years. He's 29 years old. He'll be 30 in August. You still have three years of Mike Trout at his peak level, and you have Shohei Otani coming into his peak level. Those are two players that you can build a franchise around, and that is your window of success. And I think that uh, these next three years are vital to capitalize on that window. So I don't think a rebuild is possible right now. And also you have an owner who seems to, to kind of refuse a rebuild. It seems like Artie Moreno is in a refusal point. Artie Moreno is a known guy that's you know, he wants to win, and I know that you know ownership has its own um, perception per se. But you know, this is a guy that, that views baseball as it's a, it's an entertainment business, and Artie Moreno is a, is an owner of an an entertainment entity. But he understands that the, the better your entertainment the better form of success and income that you're going to bring into that business entity. So Artie Moreno understands that winning is only going to, you know, help his profit. Uh, And also, you know, it seems like Artie is someone that wants to win, someone that has a desire to reach that status of success. So I just don't see a point where your window right now is you have to win right now. You have a very small window of success in baseball. And we look at, teams like the Kansas City Royals, right? They they capitalized on their window of success. It was about a two- to three-year window. They went to a World Series and won a World Series during that window. And now they're, they're going through a rebuild process and rebuilding that window. For the Angels, their window has been basically the last two years and the next three years ahead. 
And I, I just don't see where Artie Moreno would say, nope, let's tear it apart and restart because suddenly, you know, Mike Trout is 34, 35 years old. And, and at some point, you know, we don't know exactly when, but at some point there is going to be a regression period for Mike Trout. He will not be the best player in baseball. And that's something that, you know, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. But, there, you know, that time is coming in the not-so-distant future. This is when you absolutely have to push to win that, you know, win that title. Now, given Mike Trout's, I hate to say it, but growing tendency for injury, we've seen that in the last few years, does that window close even sooner? Considering injuries are what ta- are things that will oftentimes jumpstart a regression. I, I mean, I think that's a waiting period. I, I can't. I mean, you and I have both been through injuries that have diminished, you know, our our athletic success in a form, or even our our life success in a form. But Mike Trout is someone that we've never seen in the last twenty years. So we do not know. I mean, we we have examples of Ken Griffey Jr. and and guys of that caliber. But you know, Mike Trout, his injury a few years ago was um, was that like a thumb injury? He yeah, he busted up his thumb sliding into the base and missed some games. Um, last year it was you know he had a child, which I think is a good reason to miss a few games. And uh, you know, this year it's kind of a fluky. Uh, leg injury and leg injuries are tough, but I, I don't know. I think it's it may be a cop out to say, but I just do not know because um, you know we don't know how certain people rebound. I mean, we look at Shohei Otani, who has been through injuries that can be career ending, and suddenly he is at the peak of his career. And obviously, he's younger than than some, but it's you know you go through that, and certain athletes are just meant for premium success with the way that their body recovers. I'm just wondering if that where it affects him. You know, you mentioned personal injuries we've had and yeah, I'm, I'm an old dude. I'm never going to run a marathon. <laughs> At least the odds aren't very good. Okay. You know, it just seems to me that at some point even an athlete, they catch up to you. And they begin to catch up to you as you turn that 30-year plateau. Like, your body recovers just so much better before age 30. So, I'm just sitting there thinking, how much longer can the Angels spin their wheels as a franchise and not get somewhere? You know, and, and face the accusations of wasting a man's career. I don't... And I used to disagree with that belief, and I think it's kind of turned for me, especially. You know what changed for me? I mentioned before the Jock Peterson uh, boondoggle. <laughs> I just want to use the word boondoggle. Um, that's what changed my perspective on a lot of things. Is that when that stuff became public, you know, and we we saw some of the the only things that were kind of rumored before in terms of decision-making from the upper front office, that's where I begin to wonder more about what's the best route forward for this franchise. And now watch them sit around 2027. I got lots of questions. I got lots of questions. And, and there's some hope, too, by the way, with Pujols' contract coming out the books next year. But at that point, you're, you're going to start looking soon to extending Shohei Otani. That's going to spend a, a bunch of money back up there. So, what are your thoughts concerning 
the future, given what things are? I mean, I mean, you look at the rotation. There's only two to three arms that are actually going to be in the rotation next year. It's Shohei Otani, Griffin Canning, and potentially Reed Detmers, and that's it. That's the only guys under contract that actually kind of show signs of being rotation members next year. So you're going to have to spend money. I mean, we do look at Artie Moreno and what he's done. You know, when Justin Upton was brought in, Artie Moreno had to go into the checkbook, and he's had to go into his checkbook quite a few times. It's and obviously this isn't our money, and I don't have two hundred billion dollars to spend anywhere, kind of thing, or or whatever, you know, two hundred million every year to spend on a roster construction. So it's tough to say because how many teams are competing with the Angels on a money front? It's a very limited sample. It's only a handful of clubs. Um, I think Artie has shown the ability to spend money. I think it's trusting the people in position to make those decisions to actually do so. I mean, they, we saw it with Jerry DePoto um, and, and his departure and everything, and we saw it with Billy Epler and his departure or his uh, being let go from the club. It's Billy Epler's final year. It seemed like the trust factor had, had parted, and what Billy was building, um, you know, we, we talk about, five-year plans and and these windows it seemed that billy during his five-year plan despite i feel like there was some it it seemed like there was general managers that were handcuffed by the ownership when it comes to the angels and some of that is you know we look at albert pujols brought in a 300 million or 500 million dollar tv deal which is makes plenty of sense that's a great business uh, decision to bring in a superstar of that level, but then you look at what else has happened with the money that couldn't be available because of Albert Pujols, and we all love Albert for the right reasons, but Albert's, you know, decline was rapid and horrendous, and can ownership walk away from making a large-scale business decision um, with this baseball team and let the people that, you know, let Perry Manassian his staff make those decisions for him and build a baseball team based on baseball decisions and not a business decision and and i you know i think john carpino who's the team president said it well is if you're going to be spending this money you want to be involved and that's fair i think Artie marino has a right to be involved with the team but you have brought people in people that you believe are some of the smart you know one of the 30 smartiest (laughs) smartiest See how smart I am. <laughs> One of the 30 smartest people in baseball when it comes to roster construction and team building. Let that person do your work for you and you assist him in those things. But let your own or let your, you know, staff do their job. And that's the question. Is will he let them do their job? Now one one name you didn't mention, and I'm curious where you see his role in the future is Chris Rodriguez. Past our this year reliever got hurt again a little bit earlier what are your views on his future i mean that's that's premium stuff uh you know you you can't you can't find that just growing on trees that's something that is really special and and chris is a special arm now um it's you know you have the back end you have this current uh fluky kind of arm injury it's not not dramatically serious or anything but you look at the delivery, you look at a lot of things, and you say, can this kid throw 200 innings? 
weakest starting pitcher for me and and not handcuff limit that's going to be hard i just you have to make a decision now almost and i i did ask um you know Barry Manassi about this and i said you know is corbin burns a potential outlier for what you could do with chris rodriguez where you bring him up as a reliever give him some extra innings progressively and then you know two three years down the road he becomes your starter and a member of your rotation and it seemed like that could be the case but right now i mean you you want to be able to to use your crystal ball and look into the future and use projection but right now the way the angels view chris rodriguez is he is a reliever and probably your most valuable reliever which is so unique because he was not a part of the picture when you're talking about February. I'm just wondering if you look at what a baseball player needs in terms of being a starter, you need to have, well, the endurance factor, of course, being a starter is different. And when you've been down with a back injury for as long as he was, and then, of course, last year happened, so he's missing time. It's because there were fewer opportunities to play. And then coming in this year, I would think the right arm inflammation, for example, would be almost expected given the fact that a player like him who is coming back from an injury before didn't get the innings he needed to build stamina. It's almost expected like, okay, probably got tired. <laughs> he, he probably got himself in, in a position where he just needs more time to build endurance more than anything else. That's kind of what how I'm viewing it. I'm not, I'm not viewing it as, hey, this guy's an injury-prone broken down player who can't take it. I'm taking this guy who missed a lot of time and needed more time to build what he needs to be successful. Well, you have two things that, that work with that. It, last year, they were able to develop him at the alternate site in Long Beach and give him, I think, he got seven innings, which is a, a fair workload for a guy that uh, hasn't really thrown over the last few years. Another item is those injuries were non-arm related so his arm is still relatively green, um, and that is helpful in a sense. Is that he hasn't thrown a lot, and can that be problematic for development? Sure. Um, you know, this kid has a healthy arm at the moment. Obviously, he's on IL for an arm-related deal, but you still have a lot of a lot of pitches left in that arm before having a concern about it. So we're going to close out here. I haven't had your thoughts on it. I'm sure you've mentioned it elsewhere. What, and, and you and I had a conversation a while back concerning Pujols and where we saw this going. And when this all went down, let's just say it this way, it didn't surprise me. I just thought what happened a year ago, quite frankly. Where are your views on, on Albert Pujols' departure? Um, timing... I think was the biggest question as to why now, as opposed to in February or last July. Um, and I don't, we didn't really get an answer for that. You know, it seems like, um, uh, it seems like they felt that he could still help in a way. Um, but obviously right now they, they view things differently and possibly it was Jared Walsh over the course of September and into this season that, that really changed their mind, and it was they have someone to fill that hole that, that Albert Pujols would have left. Um, 
you know, I I think uh, I think they could have done things differently, but it seems like based on the conversation that was had between Perry Manassian and John Carpino and, and Albert uh, in that meeting, it seemed like it was the right thing to do at that time, at that very moment. And it seems like Albert was okay with it, and it seems like the team was okay with it, and it seemed like that was the appropriate uh, way to go. Um, it doesn't, you know, Albert's not bitter. Uh, the team is not bitter at all, and, and it seems like things left on a good, on a high note. Um, you know, it's very interesting that the Dodgers picked them up right away and he's batting cleanup for the Dodgers, who are the World Series champions, which really throws everyone for a loop. But uh, yeah, I think it all went according to to some form of plan. I think it has to be Jerry Walsh. I mean, I mean, uh, big, big, I mean that was the reason they gave. Which is appropriate. Uh, that was the reason that they stated right off the bat, and it was a baseball decision. Which is a you know that's that makes plenty of sense. Jared is is really performing at a high level. Did Jared Walsh's emergence surprise you as much as surprise everybody else? Oh yeah, I mean I've had this conversation with a few people. Is I've watched Jared. You know I got a text message the day that Jared was drafted in the round saying this guy can hit. Uh, and I thought in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to watch him, and maybe he'll make it to Triple A one day. And then watching him through uh, single A, I said, yeah, this guy has potential next player. And he got up uh, with the major league club, and I said, yeah, you know, this guy looks like the next player to me. He looks like a platoon lefty uh, first base who might get a few extra reps because he's a lefty and everything. And then out of nowhere, he made that adjustment to quiet his hands. And oh my gosh, this guy is you no. Know, He's an average everyday first baseman. And now he's one of the better hitters in the club. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. Hey, and any chance, this is just for giggles, any chance we'll see him go back out there and try and pitch again? Why not? <laughs> no, I think, I think that ship is sailing. more necessity. I think uh, it added an extra roster spot, or kind of took away a roster spot. Well, no, wait. Added a roster spot because he was available. Um, I, I mean, I think if he ends up pitching uh, anytime beyond uh, this year, I think it's going to be uh, with uh, the Angels down by ten runs. <laughs> well, it's twenty to one squashes. All right, it's time for us to go. Can you let folks know where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Taylor Blake Ward. You can find my work at HomePlateView.com, and uh, always appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, and it's great to catch up. Great to catch up, and we gotta do this again soon. You know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, folks, we're out of here. See you later. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.